Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's up? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today, we're going to be talking about the big story, New Jersey legalized. So what's going to happen to the 6,000 people that were arrested for cannabis crimes between Monday and uh, when New Jerseyans voted to legalize? We're also going to talk about Thailand. They want to make cannabis their uh, main cash crop. And let's see, we're also going to talk about North Dakota, South Dakota. So let's just get right into it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Miggy. Hey. Hey, broadcasting live from a hybrid of a place in New Jersey and also my office. That's right. I, I got half an, uh, I'm not sure which this building is in Princeton. It's the one that's covered in all the moss, not moss. Uh, I, yeah, all of them are. Well, you know, thank you so much for tuning in for another wonderful week of cannabis legalization news. It's just getting faster. So I'm going to pretend that I'm the guy from, you know, remember the Micro Machines commercial guy, Mickey? Oh, they're all talking. You just talk really fast. Like yeah. that's how we're going to have to start doing this show because it just more and more and more cannabis news comes in. It's been a busy week. Uh, Andy Smith, I think, has a great uh, summary for what the New Jersey con- cannabis convictions are going to be about. Why don't you share that? <laughs> oh, wait, one, two, three, you go. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be the reparation. Forget about it. Yo, you got convicted? Forget about it. It's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, um, let's dig into one of these New Jersey stories then. And then I'll later on, I'll keep you up to speed on um, Illinois. I got a crap load of Illinois emails yesterday. Well, Jersey's expected to be in a billion dollar market, even though it says 850 to 950 million. Well, you can round that up. You see, if you want to sell more headlines, say that it's worth a billion dollars, even if it's only 850. Uh, it's kind of like how Donald Trump would just skip one of the floors, the 13th floor, you go from 12 to 14, so that you can say it's a 110 story building instead of like, you know, 109. Yeah, there's a lot bad there. <laughs> well, come on. 111 days after nearly 70% of New Jerseyans voted to legalize it, Governor Murphy signed the legislation into law after they ironed out certain differences regarding uh, underage usage and penalties and continuing to arrest people for this harmless plant. So uh, New Jersey, uh, poised to become the largest marijuana, mar- uh, marijuana market on the East Coast until uh, New York says, hold my slice and shows them how it's done. Uh, and then they, yeah, so you already said how much. So the rules now must be developed within 180 days. 
or within 45 days of all five members of the Cannabis Regulatory Commission, the CRC, being appointed if that comes later than 180 days. And so if you want to be on the CRC, good luck trying to get on that boat. Uh, It'll probably uh, disqualify you from holding a license while you're on the commission, but then you get so much inside information on the commission. And how cannabis is licensed and all that so then after you spent so many years serving that you can go to the outside world and try to have your own license well that's 108 days as of two days ago right true so now it's only 178 days but then uh those rules must be developed and you see after those rules are developed then you have the public comment period and stuff and then after those rules become finalized i think they have another uh, i have no idea i maybe up to 180 days before they're going to start taking licenses so right now six months into the future we'd be in august almost september and then they would have another i believe 180 days to uh, you know get there well, then they would have 45 to get the rules. And then after you have the rules, then you have so many times that you have to go through the public comment period and then you can go to the uh, actual application itself. I'm a little confused, but it says New Jersey adult use sales could begin before year end, but then the projected sales are by 2024. Just uh, go over to Instagram and follow Cannabis Industry Lawyer for the answer to that one. We'll also have some really awesome infographics about the timelines and whatnot for New Jersey cannabis legalization that Lauren will prepare. Uh, But the reason why they say that is because all the current operators, which are vertically integrated ATCs, they call them in New Jersey. Mm. And so those guys are going to get grandfathered in and they're going to be able to take all the money, uh, have a monopoly for that first year. And then it's going to depend on how much delay is going to be between here and um, whenever it, the application window opens. Go figure. Here's a monopoly for you guys. To just cut the first in. First in first. Well, never out really. Uh, well, actually, they get, out, they get out pretty quick. I mean, sometimes they do uh, do a lot of reselling. All right. So an existing medical cannabis operator could begin adult use sales immediately after the rules are issued but only if the company can prove it has sufficient supply to meet medical marijuana demand. But supply could be a problem. So New York has only issued 12 ATCs. They're all vertically integrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's only 10 that are in operation, most with just one dispensary each. So there really isn't a very large uh, cannabis industry right now in New Jersey, which is a good thing. Um, because there's even fewer patients there. And so like they probably have like even fewer sales in Illinois. Those small players, by the time the new applicants come in, will get like so huge that it's going to be very difficult for the uh, the younger, more startup players to get in. Yeah, I just, I'm, what is the only, if only company can prove sufficient supply? Like you can never have enough weed. Oh yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, you You can create mathematical models that say you're fine. But wouldn't like just a profit business, anyways? Though, like, what does, what does it mean? Sufficient supply, like the whole neighborhood. I don't, you know, I, I I don't know how many more people I can sign up. I mean, like, oh, I see. Fifty people called me. I mean, so like, you know, you can only do so much as a business owner unless you like are just always trying to scale. And the service industry is. <laughs> kind of hard to scale especially in cannabis because nobody understands the cannabis industry i'll talk to a lawyer and i'm like so like how many applications have you done oh well none but uh i've heard of the word i'm like oh crap yeah, <laughs> yeah the the state law makers approved the expansion to issue a mix of 24 additional mmj licenses is that when you already went over no but the license uh has been blocked by litigation 
a court ruling last week might finally free up the the licensing round. Well, that would be great for those other 24 uh, ATCs. Those guys are going to be vertically integrated and they're going to, if they're able to start, uh, it's going to be easier for them to find capital because they already have the licenses. And so if they can get open, then they have that competitive advantage of being first to market uh, as the other people that are currently operating try to like build out as well. But there's going to be, well, some of those SPACs that raised all that money, they could throw some money at the, some of those uh, 24 other ATCs that might actually get awarded and handed out. Uh, hopefully there's not a crap load more litigation that's going to come up from the licensing round with uh, adult use, but we'll see what the uh, cannabis regulatory commission wants. But at least, you know, according to the marijuana moment, you know, uh, uh, New Jersey uh, attorney general orders marijuana cases to be dropped following legalization bill signing or as known as forget about it. Oh yeah. So, so we have uh, within the uh, that 111 days it took to clean up the measure, New Jersey cops arrested over 6,000 people for cannabis-related offenses. The day after Murphy signed the bill to legalize the decriminalized marijuana, the state's attorney general, uh, Gruber Gerwal, directed prosecutors to drop cases for cannabis-related offenses and issue separated guidance for police on how to proceed under the updated laws. Right That's on. hilarious. They have to like issue guidance to police. Don't arrest people for weed. seriously though what don't arrest people well what if we find them with weed can we arrest them then no what if we find them with a lot of weed maybe but we i mean we're also the nation of private prisons come on like like we've we've, we've made it human trafficking to be a, an actual real business <laughs> you know it's not it's nothing to do about reform and right. corrections it's ridiculous. So also, what else they got going on? The first detect, oh, first directive instructs states, county, and municipal prosecutors to dismiss charges pending as of February 22nd, 2021 for any marijuana offense that's no longer illegal under state law. So that has to do with the amounts, imagine, right? Like you're saying, wait, yep. so he got caught with 10 pounds, whatever. Got caught with 10 pounds versus a, like, you know, half ounce. So half ounce is a pretty good amount of weed, you know, if you're going to roll with a half O and that kind of saying worked well with Snoop Dogg in the 20 years ago, still probably today. And so um, you don't necessarily need to have a lot of weed on your person, especially when you're going out. You know, you don't want somebody like Jackie for your weed. But, um, yeah, it's still illegal if you own too much weed. A lot of weed semantics. Again, I my family can go through a pound in a month. I can go through a pound. I really, really wanted to. I can just throw um, it on the fire. I mean, if you want me to get, go through some weed, I can. But, I, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, even without me trying hard, like, okay, we're going to party up this month. No, it's just more like me being a consumer, uh, daily smoking, maybe some tinctures involved, you know, because you can make your own butter and whatnot. So oh, the pound yeah. is nothing. Love it. Love it. You know, I can't wait till we have another trim party because then you get all the, the trim bin stuff and that goes oh, right shit. to the magical butter machine. It's fantastic. That sounds yeah. awesome, dude. Oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, medical home grow is fantastic. Unfortunately, it's not there in New Jersey. And so uh, now that's that's one way that we can kind of uh, transition from New Jersey to just the complete amount of crazy uh, noise that we are getting now in uh, the Illinois market. And so like I'm on the section council for the Illinois cannabis law section. And so like February 23rd was yesterday. So they, they, they filed like a bazillion new bills uh, in that yesterday. One of them is this one. Actually, it was filed a little bit earlier. It was 12, 219, but still, like, I got notice of it yesterday. And so this one is going to change it. So, like, you cannot uh, refer to cannabis it, with any names 
uh, of flavors referencing candy, chocolate, bubblegum, mint, popcorn, or other descriptive words or phrases likely to appeal to minors. Now, think about that. Think about that for a bit simply because, you know, um, that's basically like all of California's naming conventions. Cookies. You know, yeah, but just, pants, Girl Scout cookies, you know, um, runts, Skittles or Skittles, however they, they play it. You know, they they cereal milk. You know, we can go on like this. A lot of yeah. it is, um, uh, you know, fruit Captain punch, crunch. fruit yeah. punch, crab and crunch. All these strain names. We're going to have to call them like woke flower. Twenty six. But You guys, are, that's a bullshit bill because that's what happened here in Washington. But uh Whereas so the branding can, stuff, can you like because like bubble gum? That's a legit strain from the nineties. Can we not stock bubble gum then in Illinois? Well, again, people are still working around it. I just smoked some Skittles that was horrible, and uh, uh, we did a review on it. But uh, you know, it's about who's reinforcing it too, right? Because you can say legacy names, but the whole what about the children bullshit though? Like, right. so are kids getting to your store? Is that where we're stopping? We're stopping kids from going into your store, stopping purchases. What, what's what's this bullshit semantic for? Right, and uh, you know, it really does kind of uh, stink that uh, they they have that, but. Um this overregulation to protect the children or at least to like kind of tell kids that weed ain't cool. Uh, sure. I guess this is what we're going to have to deal with right now. I mean, that's one of those reasonable regulations on your first amendment speech that has been up, up, you know, upheld. I mean, we are long past the days since you would get a Chesterfield cigarettes commercial on the Flintstones. But are they banning like cotton candy vodka? Yeah, shouldn't that? Well, you know, that's that's the thing. Like those regulations are a different statute. And so they're like, nah, you know, but should they? I mean, it's the same theory. They should ban cotton candy vodka or like any type of drink that is alcohol that they're trying to make appeal to underage drinkers. Have you seen buzz balls? Those little freaking things look adorable, but fuck you up. Well, one thing that we are under is a rescore right now in Illinois. And mm. so people might be wondering if they should get their uh, you know, application for their dispensary license rescored. And right now they have until March 5th, next Friday, to do that. Join us tomorrow. We're going to have a webinar about how to go over and help with your rescore. And a lot of people are on the sidelines saying, like, what's the point? I'm not a veteran uh, or I'm not social equity or I'm not an Illinois resident. I can't get a perfect score. And so I won't be able to get into the lottery. Nope. Uh, because that was yesterday. Uh, my representative, Jahan Gordon, actually it was Tuesday. It was on the 22nd. Jahan Gordon introduced two bills that creates another, um, uh, lottery. One calls for this 75% of the 250 points that are applicable. And that would qualify you for this second lottery that's out there. And so it doesn't matter if you're not perfect, you just have to get 188 points. And so, you know, do your rescore, get over that 188 points. And then if this one passes, uh, you would be able to get uh, the uh, your application into that lottery. Or there's another bill that she has, which is substantially similar, except it calls for not uh, a one uh, 75 percent of the score it calls for an 85 percent of the score and so that is uh 213 points what about a bill for transparency to the kbg scoring like period like if everybody just what knew about, what they were doing 
Well, uh, that's one of the problems. And so, like, you know, if you guys want to tune in tomorrow at the webinar, please do, because we'll be discussing how you can get those social equity points or how you can pick up those Illinois residency points. Because if you get those social equity points, it's really easy or a lot easier for you to get 75 or 80. And then it's possible for you to get 85 percent of the score without social equity. You can't get 85 percent of the score. So we're going to have to see how who which one of these bills wins. But um, get your rescores in getting that second lottery man it's just crazy then so the first lottery is just done right every there's are still lawsuits first lotteries for perfect first lotteries for perfect people <laughs> perfect people with bigger paychecks yep so what's up with the uh the leak report there oh let's uh, let's go to the leak report one. Oh, let's see here uh the leaked report that one is um why don't you help on that? I'm trying to find it yeah, in our newsletter. I know you're feeling it. Uh, leaked uh, Illinois state report shows black and Latinos own less than 2% of dispensaries last June. Less than 2% of Illinois dispensary owners were black and were Latino, and less than 25% were women as of last June, according to a leaked state of Illinois report. The report was obtained as a by a previous guest of the uh, Gronin Springfield lobbyist, Mark uh, Peshakovich, who distributed That's the document. Quiet. Mark was on our show, dude. <laughs> I am. I didn't mean it. So anyway, yeah, Mark was the Springfield lobbyist that we had on the show a few months back, Mark uh, Pesakoyevich. And so uh, there was that. But again, it's 2% of the dispensary owners. That is uh, by number, not but necessarily by percentage of ownership. So what's percentage of ownership of the cannabis licenses is white uh, versus which, you know, just number of owners like out of that. Two percent of Illinois dispensary owners could be white and they might only own a fraction of a share. I highly doubt that's what it is. But like, what is the total percentage ownership? So when I saw that stat, I'm like, that's one of those stats that you can, you know, shake your fist at and say, like, oh, Mark Twain warned us about this. There's lies, damned lies and statistics. And so what we'd have to do then is dig into, okay, well, sure, uh, 98 percent of dispensary owners, um, uh, are, are white, but then which percentage of the ownership? Do they also own 98% of the uh, licenses that are out there? Because then it's completely unrepresented. But even the dispensaries, like the ownership itself, because as we talked before, a lot of these are groups. It's not just one person who has a big deep pockets. It's a, right. a collaboration of people. So it's kind of hard to have those metrics as far as like uh, representation, you know, of the actual owners. It, it just seems to me we're at a point almost things get vague because everybody has money, you know, and then investors who invest in things like here in Washington, when they, they try to represent Sean Kemp as being a primary owner of a you know black owned business, but he only owned 5%. That's right. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I love this. I'm a black owned business. And you're like, and what percentage of the ownership do you have? Five. So this is a 95% white owned business. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, but he had his picture on the side of the building. So I mean, it's branding, it's deception. No, again, no one cares the how the appearance yeah. of uh, of social equity. Yeah, no yeah. one cares how the burgers made. They just want to eat it. A lot of people want to eat it, but then like they also want to comply with the rules, so people don't take away their right to sell it. I mean, speaking of complying with rules, uh, we should talk about North Dakota. I think that one's pretty interesting. Three rack at North Dakota. So that was a bill that was submitted by Republicans. So let's just uh, North Dakota, North Dakota lawmaker. Go for okay. it. 
Yeah. <laughs> North Dakota lawmakers approved marijuana legalization bill in committee. Uh, a bill to legalize marijuana in North Dakota that's being sponsored by a Republican lawmaker who personally opposes the policy change advanced through a House committee on Wednesday. That the sounds like she really believes what she's doing. It sounds like somebody who who's like sees the money. I mean, that's to me, you know, uh, uh, let's interrupt. Uh, let's let's stop uh, activists from getting involved. And let's the, the adults supposedly uh, make the rules, which seems to be always the fucked up case. Well, the adults very often understand how to play um, the HR game where it's like, no, no, we're fine. Nothing's wrong. Yeah, that's why lobbyists are so important, though. You know, this process, the more I've learned about how to do things, you need people like you, like someone who's specifically like, this is my job. I understand the system. I know how to work things. You know, the, the, the process is not easy. Hey, it's almost 420. Yep, you know what that means. Uh, let's let's smoke one to the process, but we will never do this on air because we'll only do it when it is. Yeah, we're trying not to get banned. We don't want to get banned. <laughs> Even though we're legal and perfectly just... No, no, we aren't. This is a federal conspiracy. Hey, thumbs up, likes, and subscribes for federal conspiracies, everybody. Now, again, the only reason this is still a federal conspiracy is because Congress will not do their jobs. Yeah. Oh, what? But see, the, the, the jobs, though, is still fucking hard. I mean, like, there's, like right now, they're doing that, the whole, like, trying to figure out the insurrection bullshit. You know, I don't yeah. think these guys are going to come to any conclusion for a while. Well, let's talk a little bit more about North Dakotas, and then let's see if, while we're talking about North Dakotas, maybe Lauren can find the uh, the Attorney General's department, the, the new AG Merrick Garland's position on enforcement of state cannabis laws. So that is a, an, a, an interesting story that broke really, really quickly. So uh, pop it up there, man. Well, he did say that he was going to leave it up to the scientists. So the legislation, HB 1420, uh-huh, how convenient, would allow adults 21 and over to possess and purchase up to one ounce of cannabis for personal use. No home cultivation, boo. Yeah. Legal legislation calls for legal cannabis sales to begin on July 1st of next year, 2022. Expected next to go to the Appropriations Committee before potentially receiving floor consideration. Uh, certain legislatures expressed skepticism about enacting adult use legislation, but said they would prefer for the legislature to set the rules rather than having the legislation approved by voters via an initiated constitutional amendment through the ballot, trying to get ahead of what happened to South Dakota. And a separate resolution is to be put before voters as a, refer- uh, as a referendum was rejected by the House Judiciary Committee. Watch us sit in the Appropriations Committee for at least another two years. I mean, that's what happened here. Uh, as, How as many well, bills? Let's say uh, it's cannabis legalization news here. The number one cannabis policy podcast in the internets. Uh, how, what percentage of bills ever become law? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know either, but I'm sure that a hell of a lot of them have died in committee. Ooh, Lawrence says the fed one's on the list. Fed one is on the list. That's open. I mean, cause like here in Washington with the home grow bill, I thought it was going to be stopping with the appropriation committee. Apparently they meet again in uh, March, late March. So there's still one more opportunity to be seen, but it's just such a non fun process. You know, you you just want to see like, okay, if we all vote on this thing, then it gets enacted and then there's a soup of the pan and then we're all good. But instead it takes like Jersey four years to get their shit together. Nope. Or Virginia. 
She she already had it up. So uh, let's talk about Merrick Garland. Uh, Marijuana Moment is reporting that the Fed should not waste resources on marijuana enforcement in legal states. Biden AG pick says so. I don't think he's going to be requesting in the budget money to uh, go let the DEA do their thing in legal states. So um, Judge Merrick Garland, whose views on marijuana policy have been largely unclear to date, said that the issue is a question of prioritization of resources and discretion. And he signaled that the Justice Department would adopt a hands-off policy for most cannabis cases similar to what was implemented under President Barack Obama, if he is confirmed. It's going to be a good year. You know, if because that's what happened with the Ogden memo. Everybody went nuts. And, you know, no one died. Yeah, but Lance Clark still got arrested. What year is that? 2011. 2011, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ogden Memo came out in 09. And so it's still, it took a few years before they were able to find, and like 09, the, the defunding, like again, even though that Ogden Memo was out, that guy could have just been whomever was prosecuting him. Uh, what? It's some dude. Well, I told you how Lance's case came about, right? Like, no, no, like, no. What's the prosecutor's name? Oh, Vince Lombardi Jr. Vince Lombardi Jr. got a little bit full of himself and decided to make an example out of this guy. And they didn't have the defunding done yet. And so because the defunding wasn't there until 2014, he could. Yeah. So they they did off. Yeah. yeah. But to top it off, though, it was a state uh, prosecutor, not prosecutor, uh, a state investigator who turned over the evidence to the feds. So the feds had to enact on it. So, like, he should have never been arrested because he was compliant to the state law. But because these local people had a hard-on for him, they passed it off to the federal people. The federal people are obligated to enact on this, supposedly. I would think discretion, you know, like you said, he could have just said, hey, you know, I'm not going to push this issue. And it's going to be legal recreational state. That's right. Of course, he went on to say, I don't think you know, I do think we need to be sure that there are no end runs around the state laws that criminal enterprises are doing. That kind of enforcement should be continued. But I don't think it's a good use of our resources where states have already authorized and it only confuses people within the state. So there you go. Most of the weed that's grown in Northern California does not get smoked in Northern California. And uh, those shipments out of there, in theory, uh, they could still be tracking and trying to bust. Still, why? Why? Because it's federally illegal. I mean, who are you saving? I mean, he even says it's a waste of resources. Um, it just. Yeah. But the lawyers are very specific. And so, like, the, it's a waste of resources to go into a state that's enforcing its own regulated market and tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a waste of resources to watch uh, a shipment go from Humboldt County uh, to, I don't know, Dallas and try to pop a guy or, or going from Humboldt County to Nebraska or something like that, where it's, you know, it's interstate travel and it's also illegal. And so they would have the uh, authority to go go after that until, of course, the uh, Moore Act passes and then they contemplate a federal license. And so then that's when you'd be able to start shipping out of state and Humboldt County would actually make a, a fuckload more money because, oh, yeah. you know, th- then they're like, oh, this is the California Appalachian. You know, they only make so much of this a year. And that stuff would be like wine. You know, the price would go to the moon. 
Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, today I was watching uh, Radical Russ. They're going to go testify in Idaho for uh, some bill or against the bill. But uh, he pointed out that Ontario, Oregon, uh, they have so much money coming in from Idaho that that little township was able to uh, take money. They pulled in 300000 in taxes. They were able to invest in a, uh, a lobbyist for their town to protect to, to represent them, along with, like, uh, new firemen and shit like that. All from weed money. You know, and if Idaho got their shit together, maybe they could have extra uh, resources to help them out. But every pot shop on the side uh, of on the border of Idaho is just making a shit ton of money. Yeah, speaking of how weed can make shit tons of money, even in Peoria, Illinois, in the front page of the paper, next to, of course, the the real story about a teenager marching forward for her marching band in Washington, Illinois. That's the uh, the grabbing headline. But uh, Peoria to benefit from Illinois cannabis sales, and they go on to talk about how our public schools got eight hundred and almost sixty thousand dollars last year to help rebuild their schools because of our social equity allocations of the proceeds of the taxes of the cannabis. And so that's great. And then also uh, Jahan Gordon, she didn't just put in that uh, uh, bill to help the uh, the licenses be awarded in a more just, fair and open allocation in a lottery in which you were able to qualify by being good enough. Uh, she also then goes on to talk about this R3 program, which is the Restore, Reinvest and Renew. And they thought that they would get about 20 to $22 million in this program to help reinvest the uh, areas of the state most uh, ravaged by the war on drugs. They were wrong. They got $31 million in that first year. Holy shit. That's right. And so Illinois schools in disproportionately inva- disadvantaged areas are getting better. God forbid. Weed money goes to help out. God people. forbid weed. Like, what about the children? Weed money goes to the children. <laughs> we like this one. Take that, Dare. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb, man. Weed money goes to the children. We're weed constantly not living for the children, but weed money is. Right. Oh, did you see that signing with Governor Murphy when he did Jersey? There was a little girl right next to him. I thought that was hysterical. He was signing the like legalization bill, and there's a little girl like just kind of like. I mean, it was history. Yeah. So it's important. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I mean, my kids would be there, too, if I if I was a part of a thing. But I just I thought it was hysterical. I do recall seeing that in my I mean, like I was getting because I get an email alert for um, cannabis legalization news uh, so that I can stay on top of it. And there was a whole bunch in it today. And so that was actually one of them. One of the other things is we did get approved for our industrial hemp farm affiliate code. Stay tuned for that. Ooh. We don't have it ready for you. But uh, soon we'll have some bumpers with them, and some some links on our site. Uh, but there it is, the cannabis legalization. So uh, what oh, you need speak. to know about legalization in New Jersey, is that the one with him? No, it's not. Yeah, but I remember like seeing that it was like a little girl that was like sitting next to him as he signed it. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a nice but weird. Hey, speaking of uh, trending and stuff like that, as, as you in your newsfeed, right? I did my little thing today before we came on, and some of the topics everybody's searching right now for is all grow topics, right? People are looking at Ooh, germination. Topics, yeah. But but it's, it's a time. It's a, right now. If you're going to start germination, uh, I, I do mine about March. Uh, I want to try and be planted by outdoor? April, huh? You're talking about outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. Outdoor. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm only an outdoor guy. I can be. Uh, most of the people are going to be indoor grows. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying if, if you just want to throw it out there and ignore it for a while, <laughs> that's what I do. But yeah. Anyways, I just want to say, hey, you know, just start looking, start getting ready if you're going to start growing. Uh, that's right. This season. 
Yeah. And uh, be safe with those seeds out there. Take care of the girls. All right. Let's yeah. see. What's another uh, another news going on in the cannabis legalization South land? South Dakota. You know, South Dakota? I thought we were. Uh, all right. Let's go to South Dakota. That was north. We no, have a pro- North Dakota and a South Dakota. <laughs> we have a pro marijuana group's push for compromise on medical marijuana delay in South Dakota, as per the Argus leader. Leaders of New Approach South Dakota and past guests of South Dakotans for better marijuana laws laid out an eight point plan they say would better ensure the will of South Dakota voters while giving the South Dakota Department of Health what they say should be ample time to figure out how to make it work. Matthew Schweik, director of South Dakotans for Better Marijuana Law, said the deadlines established by the compromise are reasonable given the considerable amount of work that has already been completed and given the fact that others, 35 other states have medical marijuana laws to provide the best practices upon which to draw. Yeah, man, I mean, it was two issue votes. It should be already happening. Like, like over half your population voted for this. Right. And delay will still leave patients without plants by uh, January 1st of 2022. Yeah. South Dakotans for better marijuana laws wrote in a Facebook post. There are three groups of legislators in peer legislators who oppose, that must be the capital legislators who oppose yeah, any delays yeah. of implementation of measure 26 legislators who think that the current information timeline needs to be slowed down or, but are reluctant to support the extreme delays in HB 1100 a and three legislators who support governor Noam's effort to recriminalize medical marijuana patients and ultimately repeal and replace measure 26, despite 70% of South Dakotans vote to approve 70% for medical. Yep. 70% for medical. And this is going to extend the uh, deadlines to write rules and regulations from October 29th of 2021 to January 31st, 2022. And it will extend the deadline to issue registration cards from qualifying patients from November 18th, 2021 to January 31st, 2022. Ensure the specific legal protections are provided to medical marijuana patients. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so they're just trying to get it delayed until not July 1st of 2022, like the bill wanted, but uh, January 31st, 2022 uh, of the compromise. And so we are still not looking for even a medical cannabis uh, application round in uh, South Dakota until at least 2023. Well, 2022, if we have the rules and everything out, so like hopefully next spring. And just to kind of highlight how messed up South Dakota is, because 70 percent of the population did vote for it. They're AG. I I shared it with earlier, uh, Lauren, earlier. The AG has three misdemeanors in a fatal car crash like I believe alcohol is involved. They said uh, the South Dakota AG, uh, Jason Ravensburg, the guy who dropped his defense of the adult use of marijuana amendment, was charged with three misdemeanors for striking and killing a man in his cart last summer, avoiding more serious felony charges than case that raised questions about the state's top law enforcement. You know, it's South Dakota. It's a small town cop. You know, you're not going to find any evidence of like in- inebriation or nothing like that. In my opinion, whatever story we see right there can be a fault. He crossed the lane, crossed the lane and killed a man. And is getting away with whatever. How do you cross the line by accident? I'm just saying. He wasn't texting. He wasn't sober. You know, just no. I don't know. It just seems like it's, we're we're just it's just whole hypocrisy of bullshit, man. Uh, we're so good at hypocrisy and bullshit. Every addict that's out there thinks they're fine. Yeah. I, I mean, we're a bunch of drunks who just don't want to be helped 
Yeah, I mean, and then there's also harder drugs besides alcohol. I mean, there are. They're usually illegal, but still, uh, that there is a safer substance that you could push people toward besides these more addictive and deadly uh, harmful substances, which also has the ability to be prepared in such a wide variety from uh, something that you can eat to something that you could smoke like a cigarette to, to something that you could dab like a vape uh, or a pen. Oh, my, and then not only that, then there's all the uh, beverage infusions that are coming out now. And so, I mean, you could drink it, you can eat it, you can smoke it. I've never seen people snort it, but why would you? But it's just, you know, legalization, ending prohibition, it's more than just a social, like I always say. It's more than just a textile. It's also this perception that we how we treat drugs in this in this country, in our perceptions and social norms. Like, you know, Dr. Carl Hart, they just had an article on him in the New York Times, and he does heroin. Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't. Wow. Really? But again, if you're doing things in a responsible, controlled, moderated way and, and, and just not being a total like it's like our laws in general. I was on the light rail today and I, I see there's 20 rules and, you know, don't put your feet on the chair. Don't play loud music. And I was like, you can just summarize that. Don't be an asshole. Hmm. Right. Just some yeah. 20 rules into one fucking just don't be an asshole. You know, and that's the thing about drug, uh, our perceptions, you know, with uh, whether it be coffee, alcohol or cigarettes, you know, and then we, we throw marijuana as a schedule. It's, it's that thing where if you tell a lie long enough and people believe it, you know, kind of like a, a rigged election. You know, how many of these assholes are, are still believe that there's some sort of we'll nefarious get, we'll get negative comments that you just said that. What's that? We'll get negative comments because you said that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I take the hit. Somebody might have just hit a thumbs down. It's like, ah, he won. And but they watch people, me. Yeah, people I'll believe, take that lick. People believe, uh, like, there are a whole mess of people out there that uh, preference their thoughts and make their decisions based on their feelings rather than based on thinking evidence. Uh, you know, they're the F personality type. And so you're not going to change their opinion. They, they're feeling that, you know, unless they have a reason to change their feelings. And very often it's because they're at the end of the rope and they didn't think they'd make this decision. And I hate this story because I've heard it so many times. But then somebody gets sick and then we tried the weed and then surprise, surprise, what? it works. And like we have been telling them for years and then suddenly four months later, they're a cannabis activist. And you're like, OK, why did you have to wait until like, you know, you see you see the the plane about to crash into a mountain. You're like, oh, we should do something, you know. Uh, well, it's like the AG story you talked about. Lauren put it put a little side note saying that they waited 15 hours to blood test this guy again. Cover up. The shit that you see most of the time is going to be a smokescreen of bullshit because everybody's covering their asses over some bullshit lie. The fact being is we see drugs wrong the way, wrong way. We don't have a proper perception, which gives us that messed up uh, preacher daughter syndrome where as soon as we get into it, woo, we're going to do it all. And, and that's not how you should be doing things because that's how you die. <laughs> if you had proper knowledge, it'd be better. Uh, oh, and what can you do? What are, what else is going on in the cannabis legalization news? We got more big money coming in. Oh, we yeah, have from where? From gum to gummies. View Wrigley takes from pot gum producer. to gummies. Yeah, <laughs> Parallel Public. I guess it's company takes pot producer Parallel Public. 
what's the name of the company? In a merger due to complete this summer with Canadian listed Cersei's Acquisition Corp that values the Atlanta, Georgia based firm at $1.9 billion. Uh, point of order, uh, uh, Georgia does not really have a cannabis industry to speak of. They are very early on. They just did a, a cultivation license round. They haven't done a dispensing license round, and it's a very restricted medical uh, industry. That's hysterical. That was your pleasure. <laughs> Infused gum. That's their next step, man. Infused gum. Not sure if it has a buccal absorption ability, but we'll find out. I mean, it has to. That's why tinctures work. Uh, yeah. And so it's, eh, I, I hate when everybody says that. It's not often you get to participate in the early stage of a new industry. <laughs> The unique first mover with an opportunity to shape the future, said Braun, a co-founder of Cersei's Acquisition Corporation. And so, um, you know, a new industry and a unique mover in position to opportunity to shape the future. Holy crap. Somebody throw some money at him. And uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think uh, cannabis is that new of an industry. I do think it's a, an industry that's fraught with um, high cost to entry and capital raising and chicanery but, and, and regulatory uh, hurdles. But yeah. Um, yeah, a new industry happens all the time. And so, like, there was a new industry that happened just 10 years, 12, 13 now, 2008, you know, and it took until about 2010. I'll have you know, Twitter didn't exist until 2009. And then not only that, um, a, a responsive web design did not exist until 2010. And, of course, it was invented by Twitter Bootstrap. But um, – all that is relevant because it's not often that you get to participate in an early stage of a new industry and be a unique first mover position with the opportunity to shape the future. I'm a pioneer. Yeah, that's right. A pioneer in the 21st century, the, the century where new technology comes at you so fast, you swear you're in the future. Fucking, I just, you know, like, I, I have a chance. Yeah, I mean, like, this whole, like, a new future, like, bitch, you're just somebody who has money. You ain't you That's ain't right. nobody. You That's you right. just somebody that got money. Well, yeah, but then again, the, the new future is happening on a perpetual basis. If anything, it's getting faster. I mean, there's going to be new futures in so many different verticals over the course of the next 20 years. That's kind of the nice thing, you know, and that's why we need weed, by the way, because our brains are not ready yet for all the stuff they're going to have to process uh, in the 21st century. Wow. You need it now just for all the bullshit you got to go through every day anyways. That's right. Tell you what. So uh, Scooter Braun, the music mogul who manages Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber and Demi Lovato, and also the dude Taylor Swift, uh, Taylor Swift accused of trying to dismantle her musical legacy after he acquired her music and sold it for $300 million, has been named a special advisor. Dude. Good to see that he's in it for the weed. <laughs> he's in it for the patients and the people. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I can't highlight this guy too much. I mean, this is all just bullshit. It's just people with money. Is this is it. And this is also another illusion that I want people to understand. I missed out on the dot-com bubble of the late 90s, and some of my mentors were a part of this and uh, a part of that industry, so he missed out. So some of his buddies and mentors got a lot more money than he did. Uh, and this is our moment to create generational wealth. Uh, and so, again... This whole concept of generational wealth flies in the face of an, a very old saying called shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. And so granddad made the money. His kid didn't make that much money. And then his kid's kid lost all the money. And so um, the, why are you just setting up your grandkids to be swindled by a whole bunch of people uh, 70 years after you're dead? Seriously, it, I, don't, I don't get the investor thing. Um because he's not going to have any hands in this whole thing. 
that's the whole thing, right? I'm gonna throw what five million at this thing and I walk away, and then hopefully somebody else takes care, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're talking about a uh, scooter Braun. Yeah, we're talking about Scooter Braun and also some of the canards and the illusions in the high-capitalized uh, cannabis game. And, of course, uh, they're trying to get licenses in Georgia, New Jersey, and Virginia. And so uh, those are some of the most you know, tightly regulated industries. And then once that, they get those licenses, then the name of the game is keep the license, protect yeah. the license, don't let any new licenses in. Manipulate the laws. Manipulate the market. Manipulate the market. Yeah. And so that's really why we need federal legalization. The uh, I think the business model of the cannabis game will fundamentally change after the more laws passed. And the the, the history of, you know, your your Cresco's, your acreages, holdings, whatever this guy is uh, and, and all the uh, and then I'm not necessarily against it. You know, join us on Sunday when we are going to have somebody from the parent company, a huge SPAC on. And we're going to talk about cannabis you know finances and, and why it's necessary and all that stuff but, uh, so after it's federally legal and you have to compete like compete as opposed to limited market right. you know um the market is, will change for sure yeah it, the market will cannibalize itself mm, got you yeah i mean it definitely will once the morac pass if when when hopefully passes uh I think things will turn about like they did when the Ogden memo happened, but like nationally, because when the Ogden memo happened, it was all the medical states going, all right, we're going to get our shake together because they're not going to come after us. But then I think that'll kind of be the same way. Right. Because if the prosecutor, the, you know, Garland says, I'm not going to go after legal states, you know, after your own thing. Right. Well, then, then what are you going to force at that point? Well, I think their exit strategy is different in the sense that there's only like three beer companies and then there's thousands of little beer companies. And so uh, in 10 years, there might only be three weed companies, but there might be thousands of weed companies. Got you. Yeah, that'd be fucking great. (laughs) Yeah. Budweiser, Coors, Miller and all the micros. Oh, my God. Can't wait. Yeah, Nobody be like, oh, no, I work at Miller. (laughs) <laughs> shit man and then also in there as a uh, that u.s firms that grow or sell cannabis list their shares on the country's major stock exchanges as cannabis remains illegal at the federal jay-z backed california pot producer tpco holdings the parent company that we'll be talking to just on sunday also went on neo what's that Oh, that's the uh, the exchange that's in Canada. So the NEO exchange, I'd have to scroll back up to see what it comes down to. I'm assuming it's going to be um, maybe like some city in, in Canada. Dude, we're going to be like two degrees of separation from Jay-Z and a billion dollars Sunday. That's right. <laughs> and then I hope that I don't come out with my like Bernie Sanders, like, oh, you need all the money. <laughs> I'm asking you one more time for my people. I see. It's that's how you compete in America. You take the supply and you squeeze it. Just, just, just help us one more time. <laughs> and he did. And this is great. Like Jay Z's gotten some people out of prison. Fucking right. That's awesome. Well, they have some really brilliant. Uh, marketing stuff I've seen like that one where they post the billboard on the borders of legal and non-legal states mm-hmm. I mean that just makes a great point 
It does. And so like, that's one of the reasons why like the, the cannabis game is currently occupied by private equity and a lot of internal <laughs> capital raising as opposed to debt financing actual and actually accessing the capital and debt markets. And so because you're not accessing the capital and debt markets, the only people that are really there are the people that are there. They're the extremely wealthy. And then if you look at their books, uh, the stock is getting diluted. And like so the shares of GTI over the course of three years went from like 40 million to 160 million. So like, but yet the price tripled. And so why did that happen? And then you look at it and no institutional investors are holding it. It's losing money every year. And you're like, the only thing that they're doing is people are buying it just like on Robinhood. So it's just a whole mm. bunch of uh, day traders that are buying it. And so that's what they think they're going to do. And then they can just go back to the uh, capital window in a year and another year and raise like another 30, 40 million dollars. And then, you know, they'll eventually get all the licenses. And then once it's legal, uh, we'll see what happens. Well, and then after the Morac, suppose we'll hopefully, if it passes, fingers crossed, we got the banking bill. Well, the banking bill would become irrelevant if, uh, um, yeah, the Morac passes, banking bill doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, there's still positive news in the marijuana moment. Uh, a senator presses a Biden Treasury nominee on marijuana as House amidst banking protections and COVID bill. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto on Tuesday pressed Biden's nominee for a top Treasury Department role, Adwala Edwimo, on revising banking rules for a marijuana business. But at the same time, House Democrats seem to be abandoned, at least for now, efforts to enact cannabis financial services reform through coronavirus relief legislation, despite their concerted push to attach the issue to COVID bills last year. Well, that's sad. No, that's... That's what they did. They tried to do it, and um, uh, but there was a different composition uh, and also leadership at the executive level. And so, if uh, if Hil- if Hillary Clinton would have won, and then the uh, COVID still would have happened, the Safe Banking Act may have already passed uh, because then it would have been a different Senate and then also a different executive. But. Uh, it does then go on to talk about whether they feel the 2014 uh, FinCEN Financial Crimes Enforcement Network out of Treasury, and which uh, he would be the Department of Treasury. Um, I'm assuming Diwale uh, is a, is a he, but. I don't know for certain. I don't know either. Um, uh, be updated to set expectations for financial institutions that provide services to cannabis-related industries and what steps you would take. And he replied, I look forward to, if confirmed, talking to my colleagues at the Treasury about this important issue and thinking through what changes need to be done in a way that's consistent with interagency present guidance. In doing that, I can look forward to consulting you with you on this committee on our path forward. House Democratic leadership included some of the language of the Safe Banking Act and two pieces of COVID relief legislation. It passed during the last Congress, in addition to approving it as a standalone measure prior to the pandemic. Lawmakers, including Speaker Nancy Pelosi, defended the inclusion of those provisions on multiple occasions in response to the GOP pushback. Yet the issue is not addressed in the latest coronavirus package that advanced out of the House Budget Committee on Monday. Mm. Well, and again, like they signaled other aspects of, well, at least they did out of the Department of Justice with uh, AG Merrick Garland. But if there's also some, you know, 
if this guidance kind of goes forward and it's a little bit stronger, that's great. But until there's a legislative change to address the problems caused by IRC 280E, uh, that and then other other statutes that were related to the Schedule One statute, uh, you know, classification of cannabis at the federal level, it's going to be difficult. You know, the easiest thing to fix all of those problems is to deschedule de- cannabis. You know what we need? We need like a little transition button for like international news. Maybe like a little plane that flies across. Well, we're uh, we're talking about getting some new bumpers, and you know I've just been off my game lately. But uh, we have uh, a guy that you know, and and Lauren made the four twenty somewhere bumpers. So we need to get like three or four new bumpers for show segments. And so if you guys have any ideas for show segments or bumpers that you want to see that are funny and about weed, leave them in the comments. Yeah, I mean we'd be like. Meanwhile, in Malta, and then we'll play by the way. Yeah, let's do some international cannabis legalization news. Cannabis reform will allow users to grow plants for personal use. I'm going to Malta. Robert Albert says in Malta today, the prime minister of Malta and archipelago in the central Mediterranean between Sicily and North African coast. That means it's surrounded by it's an island, right? Or is it? Uh, I think an archipelago is an island, but it's an island that's kind of like closer to perhaps other islands or maybe like uh what do they call that an isthmus oh yeah that's gonna be lit robert abella says cannabis consumers will not be sent to prison and will be able to grow limited amount of plants as part of the government's reform he said the reform and police resist arrest for people caught in possession of small amount of cannabis and hinted that the current limit of 3.5 grams allowed at law would increase abella's comments came in the wake of the arrest of a couple who were caught smoking a joint in a hotel room. How dare they? Seriously, I mean, you're on vacation. You know, the Virgin Islands were like that too. Uh, very uh, anti-cannabis. You're like, you want to go to paradise to, to have a good time. And weed's part of that. Right. So insane. Uh, he said it cannot be acceptable that a teenager who is caught with a joint is arrested, interrogated, and has to appear in court before a drug, drug tribunal. We need to be responsible too, as I don't believe in extremes. Damn, I'm going to Malta. Yeah, well, uh, I thought you were a cannabis card holder in um, uh, Washington State. I used to be, but I don't have to be now because it's recreational. I just go to a store. But oh, better- but then you can't grow anymore because you just go to a store. Yeah, but again, where would I get the seeds? I mean, I know I get the seeds online and stuff. I know I can, but as a, I was trying to feign myself as a just pretend consumer, like brand new, like. How would I get things? You know, like that's how I see things. And right now I just get my weed at the store and uh, different brands, different quality. That's what I'm going through right now. But when it was medical, oh, my God, dude, the quality and quantity was superb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just missed that variations. Um, And we have more Japan news. All right. Japan's cannabis policy is moving in the wrong direction. Can I take today? We know this. As it stands right now, Japan has one of the worst cannabis laws in the books. Currently, a possession of cannabis carries a five-year prison sentence in, in what? Japan. Fuck, dude. <clears throat> Our boy got lucky with 40 days for nothing. <laughs> 40 days for not one gram. So it's yeah. five years that they catch it with any, and it's 40 days that they catch it with none. Fucking cultivation of cannabis is punished by even a harsher penalty of seven years. Oh, man. My God. Uh, 
Japan's Health uh, uh, Ministry of Informa Misinformation created a panel to review nation's cannabis laws reportedly in reaction to rising cannabis consumption among Japan's population. Maybe it's helping oh, people. Yeah, look at the children. Holy crap, people are using it. But maybe it's helping people. Maybe we should look at that. Hey, why are so many people using this? It's not all they're all just it's a group of islands. That's I think it's cool. Yeah, but um, then like the Ministry of uh, Public Health in Japan thinks that I should be having a violent outbreak right now as I uh, consumed, but not on screen, uh, my my medical cannabis earlier. Oh shit! I consume every morning. Apparently, I would have had at least one type of road rage along the way in twenty years, but. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's see what else. Uh, one thing the panel will specifically explore is whether to impose a harsh penalty. I, I can get more harsher for simply having yeah. consumed cannabis. Like, like, oh that's my God. five years. That's harsh enough. 40 days for nothing. That, 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 that's good. Um, if the proposal is passed and implemented, cannabis consumers could be put in jail for having cannabinoids in their system, even though they're naturally already there. I, so according to weed maps, depending on the consumption rate, the weed can stay in your body for urine is 90 days, hair is, or sorry, urine is 30 days, hair is 90, saliva is 29, and blood is 25. I can't believe they would really take blood tests to, to see if you consume. Though I did hear, uh, I think it's in Korea, uh, you know, when you leave Korea, you have to follow Korean laws. And so if they're like, you're on social media taking pictures of you smoking weed and shit, you can get in trouble when you go back home. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you think we had a tough? You think nope. we had a tough four years? <laughs> well, that's going to do it for today's cannabis legalization news. If you missed uh, Sunday's episode about Japan, you're going you're to want to go back and watch that one because that was very interesting. But uh, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Sunday for our SPAC episode. Yeah.